Thank you for listening to the program. I've looked at the miracles in the book of John, uh, tried to anyway, and the last one here is uh, special to me anyway because it's it's so unique. He healed the uh, servant of the high priest when Peter cut off his ear. He healed his ear, and it gives his name Malchus. John chapter 18, verse 10, are right in there. And it's in every gospel, This the, an account of this. And I did want to say that his resurrection, like he told them, that'll be the great sign that they were wanting beyond what he was doing, which were signs of the Messiah to heal the, the blind, the deaf, and the lame, and raise the dead. And, of course, he raised himself. But to me, then, that would not be what I would call a sign miracle that he did. But it was. But still, this would be the, the last one. Uh, that, that He cut off the ear and he put it back on. And I was looking at this thinking, what is really the important thing happening here? And the instinct of, my instinct anyway, maybe not a, a good Bible teacher would be, or anybody, the story, well, the guy got his ear cut off, you know, and the Lord healed it. Well, that's true, and that is that is what happened, but look at what he said to Peter. Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest. That smote is like some place would say they smote their chest, you know. Well, that's repeated blows, and this one is a this the word for this is uh, a specific, not technical or a surgical strike or I, I don't I think he was aiming for his head, and and the the servant you know put his head to the bent it over sideways and it took off his ear. I don't think Peter was trying to cut off just his ear, but however it was, Peter drew the sword and in the other accounts. Uh, if I can find it here, Luke, it says, uh, uh, when when they saw which would follow, the, his disciples, when Judas uh, betrayed him with a kiss, and then they said they saw about what was going to follow, and they said, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And earlier he'd asked them how many swords you have, and they said two, and he said that's enough. Uh, but so at least two of them, Peter and somebody else had one, so I don't know who asked him. But they said, Lord, shall we smite with a sword? And it doesn't say, he wouldn't say yes. He said no. He said down here, suffer thus far. It means stop it. <clears throat> I mean, that's enough is what that means. And and uh, Peter put the sword back up is what he told him. And uh, But they said, do you want us to draw? Peter already had drawn the sword. And, uh, and he had to jump on everyone and, and the servant of the high priest uh, barely saved his head from being cut off, I, I would imagine. But but it cut off his right ear. And when you look at it as a miracle, you would think, well, that's maybe one of the least he did. You know, like healing somebody. Well, it would be pretty serious to Malchus there. He lost his ear. And 
from accounts I've read, you know, the ear is a, a really a miracle uh, construction in in architecture, like an amphitheater, only kind of in reverse, I guess. But but it's like everything about the the body; it's just unbelievable. But without the ear, if you just have a hole there going, I, I don't think you can hear very well. Uh, certainly some, but he would have almost, as it were, have lost the hearing of his ear. But I want to point this out. I'm trying to get to the point here about Peter and Moses and Peter and what what is going on here, because uh, I'm not the only one by any means uh, that that preachers uh, uh, more fundamental than not believe that Christ was the rock following the people in the wilderness, and but more than that, and that he was actually the Lord, the the two persons, the Father in him and him in the Father, two persons with one spirit, Elohim, two gods, let us make man in our image. So in that way, uh, he was the one that was speaking to them. That's obviously the Lord himself. But when you go back and look at what happened to Moses, and it's like Peter, he didn't trust the Lord. He wouldn't trust in what he was doing. He thought he had a better way somehow or something like that. And you go and look at Moses, and the Lord came to him after 40 years in the herding sheep or whatever in the wilderness Earlier, he, there in Egypt, he had tried. He goes out and, and going to protect his people and winds up killing somebody and has to run for his life. And then he's out here in the wilderness 40 years herding sheep. And then the burning bush, and we all know that story. And the Lord told him, I'm going to send you uh, to Pharaoh. And so you'd think, see, he didn't want to, probably that wasn't the first thing he wanted on his list to do. But the Lord said, that's what I want you to do. And the reason I say this, because Moses' first thing was, well, they won't hear me. They'll say that really didn't happen. This didn't happen. And then so the Lord told him about the rod, cast it down, became a serpent, and then about putting his hand in his shirt or in his coat and take it out and it's leprous. And then if that, he said, they don't believe those, then pour out the water, take water out of the river, pour it on the ground, it'll turn to blood. Then you'd think, well, then Moses says, yeah, but, uh, okay, now, but I can't go, but I can't do, because I can't speak well. I can't really stand in front of Pharaoh, because, and I would be the same way. You would go back there, one man in front of, he had to run for his life. He'd go back there, he'd say, I'll, I'll, I'll be dead within 24 hours. That kind of a fear, I don't know, that Moses, who am I to say? But then there, uh, again, the Lord <laughs> said to him, it's not funny, really. But he said, the Lord said, come now, therefore, I'll send you to Pharaoh that you may bring forth the people. And Moses said to God, who am I that I should go? <laughs> I don't know. I had a teacher in school one time say that about trying to explain poetry. Uh, Robert Browning or something like a, you know, a smart aleck teenager i stood up and said what do you think is really the deep profound meaning that mr browning had uh behind that poetry this this especially this part right here and she said young man she was a substitute not the real teacher i'd have never done that but and she said young man who am i to <laughs> who am i to try to explain that i don't know i'm sorry i'd but the, but the story is not funny. <clears throat> Moses didn't want to go, and then he said, I can't talk right. And then the Lord said to him, who made man's mouth? Who made the eyes, the ears? Who's, who made them deaf or dumb or hearing, seeing and blind? Have I not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I'll be with your mouth, and I'll teach you what to say. 
And Moses still said, I pray thee, Lord, do it by the hand of the person you'll send to help me. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, all right, I've already told Aaron to, he's on his way here to me too. Because the Lord knew what he would do, what Moses would do. And 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 it said, they, you know, that's how it worked, Moses and Aaron. But Moses didn't, he, there again, who am I to say? But Moses could have said, well, I'm not very good at speaking, Lord. But you said you'd uh, put in my mouth what to say. Uh, uh, that's good enough for me. However it comes out, I'll trust you, it'll get out. But see, I, I don't think he wanted to go, but anyway, that that's what happened. And so Peter here, uh, look what the Lord said to him when Peter drew his sword and cut off the guy's ear. He, he said, uh, put up your sword. The cup which my father has given me, shall I not drink it? Now see, you'd kind of think, well, he, he'd say, put up the sword, Peter, we don't need any more bloodshed. Uh, we, we, you cut off his ear. I didn't even need that to happen. Now I have to heal that and do that. Put up your sword. We don't need that kind of violence here. Uh, we can what you know negotiate. No, it was beyond that. And and so it wasn't that. It was Peter had already on the way to Jerusalem, not very long before this, tried to stop him in the road and said, "I'm not going to let you go and do this." thing of giving yourself over to them and be treated like that and killed and the rise again the third day I'm, I'm not going to do it and he called him satan get out of my way you don't you're against me what are you doing trying to tempt me and so here peter probably without thinking is going to do the same thing jump right in front of him because they were in the other account over here it said they were uh, they laid hands on him or they were just about to and peter saw that and the rest of them and asked, do you want us to draw the sword to heaven in about one or two seconds? Peter didn't wait. He drew the sword and cut off the guy's ear. And Peter, the Lord said, Peter, you're, you're trying again to what? Keep me from being taken and die and be crucified? I'm giving myself to them. They realized what he was doing. He went to meet the ones that were coming to get him, the, the mob, the soldiers, and all those following Judas. And uh, here I am. And it always before, no man laid hands on him. No man laid hands on him. And in one of the counts, that might be in, uh, no. But he said they laid hands on him. That's when they saw that. They thought, no, he's going through with it. So Peter does the same thing, not in the middle of the road, but pulls the sword. and cuts. So the Lord's talking to Peter saying, don't you trust me? Don't you hear what I'm telling you? I have to do this or you'll never be born again. That's the whole thing about salvation is him living in you. And that I have to make the way for that to happen. And Peter d didn't hear that. And like the Lord said to the believers, though, in the letters to the church, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. Do you hear me? He said that many times. If you have ears to hear, let him hear. He said it to the multitude. He said it to his own men. And, and it was a say, uh, thing I think he said many times. And it means a whole lot. It doesn't just do you hear me. And we all know that. Tell a kid something. Do you hear me? Oh, yeah, I hear. No, I mean, do you really hear me? Well, that's what that means. And rabbis are all, however you look at it, to hear means to do it. And, and so... Peter wasn't hearing the Lord. He wasn't hearing him with the ears he had. He couldn't. And he wasn't, he could have, I, I shouldn't say that, but he didn't anyway. 
And so the same Lord here talking to Peter is the same one that I believe without, I'm not the only one there again believes that, that Christ was the one uh, as God and, and the Father and Christ talking to Moses. Saying, without him was not anything made that made was made. So the Lord uh, said, um, who has made man's mouth? Is it not I? So see, that's to me him. And so he's talking to Peter and saying to both of them, you don't want to happen what I'm saying is going to happen here. Moses didn't want to go deliver the people. Didn't trust the Lord he could even, uh, would help. Oh, I don't know. And then Peter here, he didn't want him to die because why? He didn't trust him to come back from the dead. That's what those two men, third day, last hour, now what? And they were talking to him going down the road. But still, that that's what I see here. And then for our kind of thinking today, would be like um, like he said to the church, do you hear me? Can you hear me? About what? See, it's not to believe in him as the son of God. No, we, a believer all, already does. But then what do we do as, well, abide in me, in my love, in my joy, in my peace. I give it unto you, abide in that, because we'll come, my Father and I, and live in you. And then you abide in my love, and that'll be bearing much fruit because that's the only fruit there is. In my opinion, in that very passage, it proves it out, yeah. If there was anything else, he sure didn't put it in there. It's like, well, if your heart's not working, be sure and maybe up your percentage that you give to the programs, you know, or something. No, I'm not being ugly. I'm just saying that he didn't talk like that wasn't it. If your heart's right, you'll do those things. And if your heart's not right, you can still do those things. That That's the whole issue. So Paul made that clear, so clear it hurt people to how clear he made it. You can be the best preacher and understand all the mysteries in the Bible and do all things, talk in all kinds of tongues with angels and everything in the world. And if you don't have love in your heart that he describes, which is divine love, and we have it, but if you're not using it and exercising it, you have no profit. That's what the Lord said. I put myself into you, the, the his money, and see what trade, gain by trading, love. and But it has to be pure love like his. It can't be compromised and partial. Like he says, no partiality, where you don't love everybody the same because nobody is the same, but you don't love some and not others, or you don't forgive some and not others, that kind of thing. But anyway... The thing here that I see is, I think Peter and all those soldiers and everybody, they had all they knew who he was. Well, his men, for sure. But I mean, these soldiers, Malchus could have been one of the ones that came and to arrest him before and said, you know, we couldn't end. And this time, I don't know, somehow in the middle of the night and Judas and all that, I don't know. And they knew what he was saying. Judas knew, you know, he's telling us this is the time he's going to do it. I think Judas didn't think he would, but he did, and Judas took them to him and said, if you're ever going to take him, it'll be now, because he's ready to give himself up. That's what he's saying, that, and that's what he's been telling us. So they go one more time, and Malchus, I guess, right up front there, I don't know, but all of them knew and had heard and listened to him, especially his own men. So I think, here, the little speculation, let me hurry. 
I, I hope it's not wrong or, or, or not wrong to do, but but I, it's not. It could have happened this way. Malchus, he he, the ear goes off, and and it's dark. It's at night. You you, it'd be hard to find anyway. I don't. And the Lord said he touched his ear, and that means he healed it. And that word is not the same as the one for most of the time. He healed the person. Healed the person. That means therapeutic. Therapeutic. Some therapeutic. He he healed them in that way, and they were made whole in that way. But like when a person's missing eyes. Or or a hand, or or uh, a right ear. Here, he he healed him. It it means to make it whole, just to restore it. There it is, like the hand, the man's withered hand. Deem look like a hand. And the Lord said, "Stretch it forth for me," and he did, and it was restored whole, like the other. It came as it were, you know, that kind of thing. Just a little bit of a difference there, but but he did that with the ear. I, he just touched it. I don't know, and the guy, and all of a sudden he could hear. And here's how I play out the story. Malchus grabs his ear after being cut off, and the Lord said, "Hold it, everybody, stop! Don't do any more." And they did. Nobody did anything else. And Malchus, I can't hear. I'm not going to be able to hear out of my right ear. I can't hear. Look what's happened. And so the Lord heals his ear. And everybody saw it. Everybody saw what happened. And all of a sudden, Malchus, I can hear. I can hear. I can. I have a new ear. And the Lord, what, can you hear me, really? Do you hear him? And I would like to think Malchus might have been the one like Nicodemus that said, you know, I do hear you. I hear who you are. You've restored my ear. I not only have physical hearing now, but I have ears to hear. And maybe he gave him ears to hear. I don't know. But anyway, Peter, uh, but, but uh, you know, he, like he did many times, apparently uh, was right out front there, but actually not trusting God, not doing what he said to do. He already told them in the garden, that's what we're going to do. And Peter, no. And uh, Moses, you know, uh, Moses, I want you to go and talk for me. I'll be with you. Uh, no, that's not going to work. And in the garden, uh, that was Adam and Eve. Um, something's wrong here. It doesn't seem like it's going to work. And it didn't. It didn't work. They didn't work. The creature is, by default, ungodly. I don't care if it's Lucifer or a baby born yesterday. A creature, a created spirit and soul and body, but still a creature, is not the creator, is ungodly. I don't care if they haven't done anything, and they are, they by definition. And when you talk about something, well, it sounds pretty good. It's got one problem, though. What's that? Well, it's ungodly. Oh, well, <laughs> that's all it takes. So anyway, it's a really simple concept, but the sinner is the problem. And they had zero chance of not sinning. The Lord never expected them not to. He knew they would. He was crucified before he made a single thing. He knew in his mind exactly what would happen, how that would be, planned it out, and, and not made it happen. He just knew what would happen. He, he planned the ages, I should say. He said the worlds, that's the aeons, the ages. And I, I don't know. I, he's the creator of spirits, of angels and men. He said, I am not like you. I am not of your world. And that means not rocks and trees. He was standing and walking down the road. But he wasn't. And he didn't mean of the breathing and eating water that he was just floating along. He didn't mean that. He meant him. I am not from you. 
I made you. So all these people here talking to him, taking him, and Moses, and he made all of them. He knows their hearts. He knows the thoughts and intents of every heart. And like he said, my father and I know every bird in this tree. What do you mean by that? Well, meant something. And uh, so here he could tell Peter and did, you don't want me to die. You're still not trusting me that I know better than you. Well, why did he put the fruit up there in the garden? Well, he know, he, Eve's answer should have been or could have been, why, well, he knows better. He knows best. I don't know. I don't care what it looks like. I, I love him with all my heart, and I trust that he loves me. And the servant, well, it doesn't look like it to me. If somebody loves you with all their heart, why would they put a fruit up there and then threaten to kill you if you eat it, and it'll give you knowledge that he has, and you got nine, 90 other fruits that you can't eat? What is that doesn't sound some, and it didn't take much. It, it was it, it was because Lucifer knew the nature of the creature, and it can't help but ask God why. And the really the question is not do we ask God why, but why do we ask Him why? But you know, there again, who am I to say anything <laughs> about anything? But I I do see here it's about Him. It's about what he was doing for them to obtain their salvation as in live in them and make it true for everybody that belongs to him to live in him. And someday when we're purified to be him a hundred percent and still be aware of our being a person, but be him just like he is with the father, whatever that is, we'd be like that in, in relative to him for that. And it's got to be enough now I know down here in this life and self and all the emotions and the old nature going on, it's like a, it being in the middle of a storm almost all the time. But it's for a reason. It, it is for a reason. And it is to seek Him and deny self and by faith let Him live in you. I've got one final question. Who would enjoy life more? Say uh, somebody in town that's well off, got a house and this and that and a family and lived to be 85 and and uh, he enjoyed life. Yeah, he enjoyed life pretty good. Oh, what about the Lord himself? Other than the crucifixion, you know, the death and even the rich, the man in town say, yeah, he didn't, dying wasn't too good, but he had a great life, enjoyed life. And the Lord said, well, now he didn't enjoy life. He was a man of sorrows. Well, he went to the wedding and say he didn't enjoy that wedding. I think he would say, yeah, I enjoyed it, but he didn't enjoy it. the dance and the food and the jokes and the party to atmosphere. Maybe he didn't enjoy that that way. I'm not saying he didn't, but I, I don't see that. But I think he would say, no, I enjoyed because I know those two. I made them, and we couldn't say that. But he, we could say, oh, no, the love between those two human beings there. Oh, I enjoyed that so much, seeing that happen, you know. So we're married to him. And... Uh, this is before that, and Peter would say, I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> and uh, I've learned to say that. So thank you for listening to the program.